Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Valspar Championship. It's storylines, it's bets, it's one and done, it's everything you can imagine. And joining me to break it all down, the coach is here. What's up, coach? I'm feeling good this week. I'm back with my boys, so I'm ready for one of the harder tracks on the PGA Tour. Let's go. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. I'm feeling okay. Just had my second COVID shot this morning, so we we're hanging in. We're doing okay. And, and, and listen, open disclosure, Coach. I, I I realized I got on. I heard you talking. That's nothing out of the ordinary. And it occurred to me I still owe you money for that bet. So I'm the latter day Greg Ducharme right now. So forgive me. Well, I mean, I, I will I will forgive you because I adore you so much. But I mean, full disclosure, I did pay you right away during our wine bed. So there's right. that. But I won't bring that up ever again, I promise. No, no, no. Well, look, I'll, I'll get my wife to Venmo you as soon as we're done here. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> Rounding out our foursome, it's Kyle Porter KP. What's up? Lots to talk about. We need, we get it. We got we got some stuff to get after today. We yep. do. We've got let's just jump right into it and I'm actually before we get into anything, I am happy to announce we've got a new sponsor this episode brought to you by Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming and more. Stay tuned for additional details about the Sonos Arc later in today's show. Ooh, a little Ooh, tease. Wow, very very cool. I have one of these. It's awesome. We'll talk about that in just a bit. And also, it would not be NFL Draft Week without the Fantasy Football Today crew, who will be live for all three days of the draft, breaking down the fantasy impact of those picks. Join CBS fantasy analyst Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, NFL analysts like Pete Prisco and Ryan Wilson, and former players like Brady Quinn and Brian McFadden on Thursday, Friday, Saturday on the Fantasy Football Today YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Get your questions answered in the chat room and start your 2021 fantasy football prep early remember everything is live on youtube.com slash fantasy football today all right now we can talk a little bit of golf gentlemen uh we've got a couple of places we can start but there's a, a hair of news coming out here at the top and i'll just throw this to you here kp uh we got word that ricky fowler despite lacking uh, essentially the qualifications for getting into the pga championship will be present at kiowa Ricky Fowler. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's one thing for this to happen at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, right? The John Deere, the Valspar, which we're going to talk about later. It's another thing when it's like you, you're, you're, you're getting kind of a special exemption into the PGA like is there a is there a, like a like what's the reasoning you know I, I, the the wording do you have the wording in front of you 
I do. So uh, the P- a PGA official confirmed uh, to Will Gray of Golf Channel, I believe, that the, that the special invitations have gone out. Ricky Fowler and John Catlin, quote, based on their performances, playing records, and official world golf ranking position. It feels it feels very ambiguous. It feels very much like, hey, we're just going to. And, and I, I mean, I don't know, man, like we've seen the Masters give out exemptions to. Um, oh, who who was the guy? Uh, Shubankar Sharma. Remember him? Yeah, they give it to international. It's normally an international invitation there, but they don't give this every year. They This is a reserve thing and it's a once in a while deal. Right. And we've seen places like the U.S. Open give it to, to uh, past champions. Uh, players that have have had a ton of success at those events. I I don't know. I could go either way on this. I don't I don't feel I don't think I feel super strongly one way or the other. You know, is is the the, the problem is like you kind of put yourself in a corner of like when do you like what is he what does Ricky have to be ranked to not invite him to a to a PGA championship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like does he have to be outside the two hundred uh, top two hundred top three hundred? It just it, it's a I don't know. It, it's it's weird because you know the other guy that they invited is going up the world rankings. Ricky's going down, and they're kind of meeting in the middle. And it's like, well, I, I don't know. It's just it's kind of a mess. And Ricky's always going to be this lightning rod, so there's going to be a ton of takes and a ton of discussion. I don't really have a huge problem with it, but I'm also not like super excited about it either. I don't have a problem with it, coach, from like an end. Like, I understand they want more eyeballs on the PGA championship, but at the same time, is a guy who is ranked uh, 111th in the world who hasn't had a top 10 since the 2020 American Express. The be- like, there's no one else. I mean, I love Ricky, I think he's great, everything he's done for the game, but this is, I, I mean, remember, Phil, Phil wouldn't take a special exemption to the US Open one year, right? I mean, it's kind of weird. It, it, it is weird, and it screams to me that. And I'm all, believe me, I, I'm probably going to sound like I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I've been very adamant about players on the PGA Tour embracing their brands off the course, right? And then this last week, week and a half, they announced a $40 million purse, essentially, for guys that are popular off the course. This feels like kind of the same thing, that, that it's a popularity contest in the PGA of America saying, you know what, this dude's really good for us if he's in the field. We can market him better than probably eight to 10 guys that are in the field. And then when you look at the different ways and the reasons that they gave for allowing him in, the people that are going to be really, really upset are other guys that have similar qualifications to what Ricky has, and they don't get an invite or they don't get, uh, and again, I don't have him in front of me because this just happened right before we came on the air. But to KP's point, this may open up a slippery slope for other guys to say, listen, Ricky had the exact same qualifications that I do, and maybe I'm not as pop- popular. Maybe I don't do as many commercials, but I deserve to be in too. That's the only problem I have. But when it comes to bringing in guys that can move the needle, I have no problems with that. Mark, you're probably our, um, I don't know, most traditional guy we have here. I don't know. I feel like you you love the tradition of golf. I feel like giving entry to Ricky Fowler into one of the biggest events that we have. I don't know how that would sit with you. Am I? How, how do you feel about this? Well, you made a good point earlier, Rick, with the observation about his world ranking. Because, you know, in years past, they, they've obviously got the club professionals in there as they should, being the PGA of America. Um, but you know, in years past, I remember marketing being well the strongest field in major championships, and we have 99 out of the top 100 players in the world rankings playing. And that sort of that was kind of a calling card, really. 
Well, when you start to venture outside the top 100, uh, I think you're stretching a little bit. Um, and, and precedent is a thing. You do this once. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're going to have ag- agents banging down your doorstep. They're mm-hmm. at PGA National in South Florida as soon as their boys dropped out of the 100 because, well, what's it eventually going to be an invitation thing? No, no, no. You qualify for major championships. So hmm, I, I like Ricky. I do. But, but, but this one just doesn't sit so well with me right now. And I've just found this out. So I haven't really had time, honestly, yeah. to really mull over this and think about it. I mean, it. I. I, I I sort of agree. Like it's a it's it's not the rocket mortgage, right? It's 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 a it's a major. And what, what if Ricky wins? Like what what would what well, would that'll sort it all out? Let me let me talk to you as a coach, right? I just had to select my team to go to the NCAA regionals, and there were three really unhappy guys and one happy guy because the top four separated themselves. If mm-hmm. this guy plays well, I look like a genius. If he doesn't, then I don't. So, uh, so if a great example. Well, all's well that ends well, you know. Winning fixes everything. No, I, di- no? I no, I disagree. I, I don't. I don't think an out like whatever the outcome is justifies the the re- like whether he plays poorly or or plays well. It doesn't. It doesn't make the decision up front. This initial decision. Uh, right or wrong, it, it's it's right or wrong based on like the information that we have in the moment. I I actually think it would be kind of bad if he like if he won it right. Like it would be like wait a second, like the, it, it like like coach said, it's a slippery slope of like well, are we just in and and I get why they're doing it, and I don't really have a problem with it, but it is a little bit like we just invite whoever we want to play in major championships now. Mm-hmm. I, I've gotten a minute to think about it, and you, you make good points, all of you. Um, I, help me here. I, I, again, I don't know. Have they expanded the field to fit Ricky in, or was there uh, have there been withdrawals? Because that's, that's a good a, question. Good that wasn't in the announcement that I saw. Yeah, I don't know the answer he was to that. Replacing, that he was replacing anybody. So either they're making it bigger or or they're just adding two more or excuse me, they're just adding two more, but there wasn't there wasn't anything in the announcement I saw about him replacing anybody. So I and think right now they're just expanding it. It's one more car to the traffic jam to get on and off Kiowa Island. That's basically <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but they're not going to have, like, they wouldn't have 157. He's taking somebody's spot, right? Like, right. They, they wouldn't have 157 guys. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, no, up wouldn't. to that number, yes. No, but but I'm, I'm wondering if the field is, if, if there's like, well, you mentioned the other invitations. Forget, forgive me, I, I can't remember who that is. But are they adding just another group to the field? Or is it, you know, that, that's where I want to know. There had to be a withdrawal or, or something to to make this unless you're building on the field yeah uh, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on it because it is because uh, there wasn't even really an official statement it was like they confirmed it to other sources so i'm sure more information will come out about ricky fowler eventually teeing it up at the pga championship but for now actually there's there's something interesting going on on the pga tour and this is our new segment it's called raising the bar it's presented by sonos arc and what we want to do kp is kind of take a deeper dive into an article that you wrote that we are now uh of the way through the PGA Tour season. We do not have really a clear front runner for player of the year. So one of these guys is going to have to raise the bar. They're going to have to go out and win themselves the PGA Tour player of the year. Where do you think we currently stand? Well, I think if you had to give it out today, it'd it'd be Bryson, right? I think he's he's got he's 
two wins. Yeah, he's yeah, the, him and Stuart Sink are the only two with yeah. two wins. Yeah, yeah and he's got the. <laughs> one more win for sink let's see it no that would be awesome if Stuart sink wins player of the year that would be the, that would be the best yeah. um, I, it has to be bryson because he has two wins and one of them is the u.s open but i, I think what's interesting is you, you look back and this season's really weird because of the way it's set up but if you look back over the last five years, guys have really separated themselves by the time the fourth major was played. Now, usually there's not six majors in a season. There's only four, so there's nothing left to win. But I don't know that, like, let's say Rory goes out and wins the PGA Championship. Like, he's done it at Kiowa. Let's say he does it again. Then all of a sudden, you have, you've played four majors. You've played 75% of the season, and you have no idea who the player of the year is and look the player of the year is not like the biggest deal in the world it's it's pro- probably not even a ton of people care about it but i do think it's i think it's instructive to look back on and say that guy owned the season right dj owned 2016 jt owned 2017 jordan spieth owned 2015 and yeah. that has not taken place yet and there's only 20 events left and only 10 of them are are, are big ones right it's it's majors wgc's memorial uh and there's a and the playoff events so i don't know i it i think it speaks a little bit to some of the parody even at the top of the world right now that top 15 20 in the world is is um you know maybe more closely aligned than than we would have thought hey uh carl i want to you know just counter something that you said there for a minute and then just quick so coach can go um the players care a lot about the player of the year award. They really do because yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff on the line for them. And a lot of it is financial. Then of course there's bragging rights. And, and, and you remember just a few short seasons ago on the show without, uh, without coach along, we were debating the Brooks Kepka Rory McElroy thing. Remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. that was a pretty big deal. So yeah, maybe us in the media, like our player, player of the year or whatever, but to the players, it's a deal that, that I can tell you for free. All right, coach. Here are the if I was if I was in charge, here are the front runners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau, obviously two wins, uh, yep. five top tens. Justin Thomas has a victory. He's got five top tens. Uh John Rahm has more, has nine top tens, more than anybody else on tour this season. Does not have that elusive win. You wonder how that factors into it. And then you've got a couple of these spoilers like Stuart Sink with his two victories. Cam Smith having a great year. I mean, it really Jordan Speed statistically like this is this is really interesting it's interesting and that's a good good word for it to me it always it begins and it ends with wins so you got to go to that category and right now you got two guys there and that's it so then when you move over to all those top tens now that's where the uh discussion starts but one of those guys a rom a spieth whatever now spieth has that one win in texas and i think if spieth got a second win over the course of the next 20. I think then he would vault above Bryson, even though Bryson's one of his was a major. I still think because of how much Jordan since 2021, and a lot of times, let's remember guys, uh, when they vote, it's about what do I remember? Well, all of Bryson's wins were last fall. He has done nothing in 2021. So a lot of times that factors in to how guys vote. And I think if Spieth can get one more win and Bryson doesn't, I think Spieth would vault himself into that number one spot. There is definitely a recency bias, KP. Mm-hmm. 
or Mark or whoever, I don't know who wants to take that. There's definitely a recency bias. Guys who win down the stretch, especially when you start getting into the playoffs and the big money and everybody's out there in the same field, that is definitely part of it. Winning two or three times in the uh, in the fall did not make Brendan Todd the player of the year, I'll tell you that. But winning mm-hmm. twice in the summer, uh, it certainly gives you a leg up. Well, it's different when you win the, the PGA and the U.S. Open versus the, <laughs> the Bermuda and the... And, I don't uh, know. They were back-to-back weeks. Come on. We'll, we'll add For to sure. But I, I'm, I'm with you on the recency bias. And just to add to your point there, um, that was the Rory Kepka thing. Kepka had yep. two majors. Rory had um, multiple wins and a FedEx Cup. And mm-hmm. it clipped him in the end. But but there's no doubt. I'm I'm with you. The, the players look at the big events. And if there's nothing really separating, so to me right now, if it ended, Bryson would be the guy because that that U.S. Open was a big win, no matter when I it was. Did I don't think Brooks had? I don't think anybody's ever won two majors and not won it, right? I think he only had one major. Uh, well, my memory's failing me at 50 years and fabulous, so I'll I'll, I'll go with you. You're the brains, and that's got to be true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be. 2019, he won PGA. He won Beth Page, but didn't win uh, Pebble. Woodland, yeah. right. Woodland won Pebble. Yeah, but he was runner-up, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was, was younger, uh, uh, He was runner-up yeah. a couple yeah. times, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now I'm in the now I'm Spieth in the rabbit is, hole of who has won this. Yeah. <laughs> has, Jordan Spieth as player of the year would be insane. Uh, I, I mean, it's definitely in play. I think that. I think. I don't think you can win it in this season with six majors without winning a major like i agree with that i agree with that he would somebody would have to win like if speed wants to win player of the year you have to win now if he wins pga and 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 gets the career slam and he's also won the texas you know i I think speed if he wins the pga could do it and with only two wins depending on how the rest of the year goes but just to even like be taught having this conversation i mean i tweeted this out on monday Jordan Spieth's number one in the world over the last 90 days in strokes gained. He's He has wow. been the best player in the world over the last 90 days, which is, think about after Farmers. He missed the cut at Torrey. Mark, 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 you were out there, weren't you, at Torrey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he missed the cut at Torrey, and it's like, well, you know, New Year, same Spieth. And since then, since the Phoenix Open the week after, he's been the best player in the world, which is insane. It's crazy. There's a couple things that... Uh, I'd like to highlight with Spieth because I'm now aboard the bandwagon after he earned me some points there in uh, <laughs> at the Masters, and I watched him. I went and watched him play some, and the ball flight that I was watching at Pebble Beach had tightened up in a big way because there he was slinging this hard hook in there that won't work in most places unless it's soft and, and receptive. And he played well at the Masters, but uh, Kiwa Island, hey, yeah, yeah, that's he's that, that's going to be hard work there with the how punitive that golf course is on either side. But I'll tell you this, Kyle, the way he plays at Royal St. George's, where every fairway is kind of crowned and everything runs off in either direction. So most folks are playing from Jordan Spieth land. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got, I'm, I am seriously, con- well, I've used him already, but he'd be a really good pick down there. I, I agree. I The only counter there is he drove it unbelievably at Augusta. I, now, big friend. Huh? There was a one. No, I know, but, but, but he hit it like, I was out there. Trust me, I was out there following no, you for most of it. And <laughs> we, we saw you. We saw you, KB. <laughs> he, yeah, thanks, Coach. Uh, he drove it. I mean, is that going to continue? Probably not. But if 
and I agree with you about Keel is kind of like, I I don't know. I, I don't know that that's the best spot for him. Um, I don't know why we're talking. Why are we this deep on Jordan Speed? Do we need to move on to something else? Yeah, we'll move on. That was raising the the raising the bar presented by Sonos. Art can go to Sonos.com to learn more. I got to tell you, Coach, I have one of these. I have one of these sound bars. Um, yes, it's unbelievable. It, really? it is. Uh, so what you do is you take your phone and you walk around the room so it learns the dimensions of your phone or of your room. So you're I'm walking around holding my phone. My wife thinks I'm insane, but it like it literally fills the room. I've never. It's wow. it's strange. Wow. It, I'm gonna have to get it's, one. It's almost yeah. like uh, being in surround sound with a sound bar. It's wild stuff. Can't uh, recommend uh, it enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, web address again, please. There. I'm, 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 I'm jealous. Sonos.com. Oh, okay. There you go. Mark, Mark don't uh, buy one. You, 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 you are somebody at CVS. I'm sure we can get you taken care of there. Yeah, we'll get you one. Be my agent. Okay. There you go. There you go. Make, make a phone call. Uh, there is one other really big storyline going on this week. There is a guy who is going to try to win this event three consecutive years. And and I can't I can't remember his name, but I think Coach does. Give me a full case of it. There it is. <laughs> now you need a house when you need to cross your arms, coach. It's Paul Casey, Paul coach. Casey. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, so it, it's, it's, it's one thing when you can use that other places, but then when it falls in your lap, that's just next level right there. Thank you, jeweler. Thank you, Rick. No problem. Oh my God, it still drives me bananas. This this three-peat, though, uh, Coach, it would be yeah. historic. The last guy to do it was Steve Stricker. He did it uh, three consecutive years at the John Deere Classic John ending Deere, in right. 2011. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's like Tiger's done it six times, but Tiger's in a different you know atmosphere. This is just – it would be an unbelievable accomplishment if he could pull this off. It, it would, and, and the number is 10. If people wonder how many times it's been done in PJ Tour history, 10 times. That's it. Nicholas Woods, Stricker, to name a few. So it's incredibly difficult to win a golf tournament three years in a row. That's why I'm not really bullish on him to win this week. I am bullish on him in head-to-heads and those type of things. But it's hard to bet against history. But if somebody can do it, Paul Casey can do it. He's somewhat informed. The last month when a lot of us were riding him at the Masters uh, and other places, he didn't perform all that well. But we know he's the type of guy, especially with what's coming up in the next four to five months. We know he loves the Ryder Cup. And now that he's eligible again to play, that's always big motivation for him. So I think this is going to be a good line in the sand week for him to come back, start playing good, really threaten to three-peat and get his summer started off nice. When a lot of us have been riding him. Big guy, I've been sitting on this guy for this week <laughs> since fall. Damn you, Mark. Damn <laughs> I've you. I've been so disciplined because he has been – I've said this before. It's not often that I'll call a player complete because everyone has their Achilles heel. But the times I've been out there watching him play, it's been so complete. And the 15th club is operating pretty well too. You know, between the ears, he is so sharp right now. And when a player goes back to a place where they feel comfortable, and in his book, that Copperhead course, it's all about sight lines off the tee. And it's all, it's not angles really, but it's, you feel hemmed in around the place there. 
and, and you have to know what your go-to is. You have to hit it flush because you have those Florida winds and, and, and a calm day around there is like 10 to 15 or so, and a lot of them are crosswinds, and you have some elevated holes. There's some change in undulation. So you've, you've, you've got to bring game there, and you can't show up with not very much. And, 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 and every time I've watched him play, he's had everything going on. Mark has been uh, so ready for this. Just to illustrate this point, uh, Mark is notorious at being the last one to get his one-and-done pick in. He doesn't like to commit on the show. He likes to play it coy. Monday afternoon, he shows up in the group chat and just blasts it out to everybody. Casey for the one-and-done, please. Like, not even yeah. not even a question. I saw that. I was like, what day is it? Am I, am I late? Like, what's going on here? Did we sleep for 48 hours and we didn't know it? It was what? so random too because the group text was about something completely else. I think it might have been the schedule. <laughs> He's just been. I think he. I think he uh, scheduled text, scheduled tweet that for Mark. He just scheduled it like four months ago. Uh, does the does the miscut at Harbortown concern you at all, Mark? No. There was a bit, there was a real big run of golf. It's the one thing I wanted to mention about Spieth too. Like he's been off for a little while too. And, and when you're on that run, you know, you like to try and, you know, keep flogging the horse that you're on, but these guys need breaks. They need rests. And Jordan, I think I heard him say that he was looking forward to the break. And I heard Will Zalatoris say the same thing because this stuff, when you're contending week in and week out, it wears you out mentally and emotionally and physically. Then once, the adrenaline wears off, then you realize, hold on, my body is exhausted. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think for all of those guys getting a few weeks off, kind of recharging, being back at home, which is a big deal for all of them, I think it's a, it's, it's, it'll, be, it'll be beneficial. I will Let say me... this though real quick. I'll say this real quick though. I've never, I've never recommended any human being get married before the age of 30. And Will Zalatoris goes out and asks his girlfriend to marry. How old is Will Zalatoris? He's on a heater, coach. <laughs> Apparently, because he just asked his girlfriend it's, to marry him too. It's I just never a heat check. It. It's heat a heat check. She said yes. So, so I'm I'm sure that wasn't a question. Heat Jeez. check. I think Zalatoris is Zalatoris is older than Morikawa, isn't he? Twenty four. Still, how old is Morikawa? Twenty three. It's pretty young. Twenty two. That's still <laughs> yeah. pretty young. I got married. I was thirty three. I think. How old were yeah. you, Rick? Um. 30. Yeah, I was 32, I, was, I think. I was 25. Yeah. I was Zalatoris's age. You were yeah, the yeah, wow. seven kids by the time you're with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had to get started early. I did. I did. Uh, with that, coach, I got to get you out of here. You've yeah, got okay. a, another engagement. So yes, uh, thank you so much. Enjoy, yep. and we'll get your picks out on Twitter and all that good stuff. Thanks, coach. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. See we'll you, see coach. You. All right. See all right, so KP, let's put one more bow on Paul Casey here because I have I this says from KP, so I believe you tweeted this out since January first. I, I wrote it, yeah. Okay, Casey is the only player in this field who has gained over two strokes per round, and I would actually argue. Well, I don't know if I would argue this because I don't know what you included. This this might not even include his European Tour victory. Might be might be way better than that. It does include his European okay. Tour, but I don't think it includes. Uh, I think it does include Augusta also, okay. which he he was okay at Augusta, not not particularly great. Uh, I the the Casey stuff makes sense because it's great at Innisbrook, 
like like Mark said, comfortable there. Also great this year, kind of under the radar great this year. Like he's been awesome for four straight months. My only concern is he's been awesome at a level that's really hard to sustain for like uh, like six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months. And so I, I worry a little bit about the miscut, about kind of fading over the tournaments leading into the miscut at Harbortown, just because it's, it's like, man, that's, that's a tough level to sustain. And so I'm kind of fading him a little bit this week. Um, just because I've, everybody else is on him and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're kind of like smack in the middle of that heater that he, that he's been on over the last four. That could be wrong, but that's just kind of, I don't know the way that I'm looking at him this week. Yeah, it's a good take, but I guess the coach and the teacher in me is going to come out now. Um, if you just compartmentalizing stuff and you're making it mental, emotional slash spiritual, and then physical, the physical about Paul Casey is that golf swing is so efficient and so repeated, repeatable, and there's not a whole lot of stuff going on there. And the putting stroke, everything around the greens, it's, it's all awfully, um, there are not a lot of moving parts. So repetition becomes easy. So I'm thinking that 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 little you know downturn you were referencing, that was more just I'm mentally and emotionally spent, and and you know being at home he he said to me multiple times that the good golf hasn't been a function of practice and play it's it's his it's his home life with puppy and and the kids and stuff and he is just so happy at home and so I'm be I'm sure being back at home and getting back in the routine some um, I'm sure he'll be right and ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got chance a chance at history this week if Paul Casey can get it done and be in the winner's circle on Sunday evening. Gentlemen, we've got to go through our betting cards. we got to talk one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. Let's take a look at the betting card. So if you're new to what we do is we take a hundred dollars or a hundred units, whatever you want to call them. We take them over to our friends at William Hill and we make our bets for the week. I actually have uh, all of our bets here. So I've got Greg and coaches. Let's start with Greg's producer, Jacob. I don't know if you were ready for that, but let's see what Greg has on tap for this. I just week. want to, I want to comment on everybody who's not here. Right, that's that's what I was great. thinking. We just break down their cards. <laughs> we can say oh, how much. This is terrible. This is awful. <laughs> All right, let's see what we've got here. So Greg opens up with a Martin Laird top Scottish player, even money. Henrik Stenson, Henrik Stenson top Swedish player. That's hard to say at plus 175. And Emiliano Grillo, top rest of the world player at 10 to 1. Mark, uh, three nationality bets right off the top for Mr. Ducharme. All right. Well, apparently he's been copying mine because I got mine in early for, because for the first time in like ever, I got to look at the stuff before we went live on the air. <laughs> and I went with Grillo because that's a really good number for him and he's playing well. But Martin Laird, the top Scott, there's only two in the field. Right. Uh, the other one is Russell Knox. So you got a 50-50 chance of winning there. So a decent bet since Stenson has played well there. He's, he's had a good record around Innisbrook. 
And Stenson's played a hair better recently, so Greg trying to catch a little bit of that. And then he's going to cap this off, KP, with a Dustin Johnson outright for him to win this. He got it at 11-1. to This eh, might not have moved with Hatton leaving this field. And then Patrick Reed to finish inside the top 10 at plus 163. I like the Reed. I don't like the DJ. I don't don't know. It, It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a DJ spot. It it would be easy to say, well, he hadn't been playing that great. Although I don't know that that even matters with DJ. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know that recent form with DJ is meaningful at all. But I love the Reed. Reed's played really well here. Uh, He's he's been kind of low key hitting the ball pretty well. And yeah, I I think this is a it's kind of a sneaky good spot for him. He's one of only three top ten guys in the field now with Hatton out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think for him to finish in the top ten at that number is a is a pretty good pretty good look. He's done it three times in his last five trips to Innisbrook. He's got two runner up finishes and a seventh place finish during that stretch. So he's certainly no stranger to the first page of the leaderboard. Let's bop on over to Coach's betting card. We just bid him adieu, and now we will see how his card looks. Okay, this looks We've like got- this looks like one of mine. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a lot we got going the on. small the small font going on here, so we can get them he all. Misspelled Mickelson. What's up with that? Yes, he did. Or producer Jacob. Now, producer Jacob would have caught that. Give me Paul Casey there. Well, coach will take Paul Casey because he's got him on this card twice, Mark. So we've got a top ten. We've got a top European. Probably no surprise there. He goes back to Schwartzel as top South African. He's getting. Uh, 3.33 to one on his money plus 333 that's a good bet uh, funnily enough i took that one too i'm um, after seeing schwarzel front and center in new orleans last week and granted he had louis westerson on his wing but man he was hitting it flush and he's got a, a putter in the bag but he seems to be able to line up really well and and the main thing with schwarzel is he's healthy that that wrist of his is in good shape hey and let's not forget he's won at this place so i think of the saffers he might be a good pick this week I don't know how you guys do these nationality and and group B and group C bets. I think they're so difficult. I think they're so hard to navigate. You ju- you just eh. like do you, do you right? Then what? Say again, Mark. No, there's fewer folks to beat, right? That's why I just go with these things. I mean, you basically got to with a group bets. It's you got to be the best of eight or seven or whatever it is. And I think the South Africans are only four in the field this week, so you got to. 25% chance of pulling that gas right there for them. So it's good odds to me. See, I like either the mat, like the two people or everybody. Like I, the middle where there's like eight, I just, it seems so difficult. Do you, it's, what do you think, Rick? Well, it's, I, I think it's, I think they're fine. I, I don't love them, but I, it's, it's always annoying when um, you, your guy finishes third, but he's not the top South African or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or uh, sometimes you get lucky and he finish. He's like the only one to make the cut, and he finishes fifty fifth, and you win the bet. I mean, it kind of it's it kind of goes both ways when you're not saying, hey, this is a a static line, right? A top five, a top ten, a top twenty. Yeah. There's there's a lot of outcomes that can happen when you have four guys throughout the entire field. Well, tell me about this then, because again, I'm the novice better in the group of you, but Casey twice on a betting card. Uh, aren't you supposed to hedge your bets a little bit? Yeah, he coach coach has uh, doubled down on Paul Casey here. He's used twenty five percent of his allocated funds to get action on Paul Casey. Must be a believer. Yeah, I mean this this is the type of um, card that if if 
it goes right, he's going to make a lot. If, if Paul Casey misses the cut, uh, he's going to down uh, quite a bit of it. He, he he does seem to like the the past champion. So he's got Casey on here twice. We mentioned Schwartzel as top South African. He has Adam Hadwin to finish uh, top 20. Then he went with Phil Michelson, which uh, producer Jacob has corrected to Phil Mickelson, uh, to miss the cut. Let's talk about that. That's interesting. KP, this is the first time Phil has played this event since 2004. It was kind of a surprise that he's even here. Yeah, I actually don't like this because Phil's been hitting the ball pretty well and your your number is just not it's not very good. I, I don't I don't like it. I don't really like it either. <laughs> Phil's Phil's gain strokes on approach in like five of six, which is something he has not done in a long time. Yeah. Uh, he played great I, I think- at uh, Honda too. I Which think is, he's here because he's playing well and he wants to go make that cash or else he wouldn't be here. <laughs> he's got to he's got to he's got to get in the the pip conversation. Uh, two things Phil doesn't need to make cash. He's got lots of that stuff. He, and, he's going to try though. <laughs> and uh I don't know, Innersbrook for Phil. Man, that place is tight. Yeah. Oh, yeah Lord, I, I don't care how well yeah. he's driving it and he's got that beefed up too when he hits like a fairway finder that works. It worked well at Augusta National, but my goodness gracious, this this place is single file around here. Coach rounds this out with a Charlie Hoffman Group B, which is Chris Kirk, Emiliano Grillo, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Streelman, Kevin Na, and his best bet, a Justin Thomas top five at two to one. That is Coach's betting card. Producer Jacob, we're going to go to my betting card next. I have done... Um, what Kyle was kind of alluding to. I have taken the opportunity to allocate the majority of my funds in matchups. So I took Keegan Bradley over Gary Woodland and Brandon Hagee over Mark Hubbard. And KP, for me, I'm trying to pick on Woodland. I'm trying to pick on Hubbard. They haven't played all that well. I'm not super stoked about Brandon Hagee. Keegan Bradley has been much better. But um, William Hill had Mark Hubbard as a significant favorite over Brandon Hagee. And Hubbard's been brutal. Yeah, hey, I guess the concern with Hagee is that the driver just gets completely out of control. Um, yeah, but played I, well yeah. at PGA National. Yeah, played, played great. Didn't he shoot like a 64 or something, 63? Yeah, he finished T2. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like Bradley over Woodland a little bit better, though. I think I do, Keegan, too. Keegan's been he, – he's been really good. If he – I mean, just be a – be even like just a net slightly negative putter instead of like the worst putter on the planet. And you're, and you're, you know, going to contend to, to win some tournaments. That's right. I've got Charlie Hoffman uh, to finish inside the top 10. He's been one of the best players on tour this year. I've got Peter Uline trying to keep the momentum going to finish inside the top 20. He's been splitting time between here and the corn ferry. Uh, he's got a win. He's got a runner up. He's got a third. He's got like a T22 across both tours. And then Mark ice just sprinkled a little bit on Denny McCarthy at 80 to one and Patrick Reed at 20 to one. I'm just going to go with a couple guys that, uh, when that putter gets going, uh, watch out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Denny McCarthy at plus 8,000, that's a pretty good number because he you know, he lives up in Ponte Vedra, he plays golf in Florida, he knows the conditions pretty well, and and he's that sort of guy that sneaks up on you. And, and Reed, to me, is is the kind of guy that can win any week. He, he really is. And, and he's just got that something that he finds – and he's able to get himself into contention also with not very much. And you could hang that on the short game some, but Kyle made a very astute observation earlier where 
you know, the work he's done with the golf swing. He's a lot more reliable off the tee. Uh, and the iron game, the distance control is tighter. And uh, the entire ball pattern that he's hitting is a lot more predictable. And, um, you know, you add that to a handy short game, and that's a pretty decent recipe. All right, Mark, while I have you, we're going to just bop on over to your card right here. As you mentioned, you do have some overlap between some of the bets that we have spoke about already. The two that I, or the three, excuse me, that I believe we have chatted about are Schwartzel, top South African, Martin Laird, top Scottish player, and Emiliano Grillo, top rest of the world. Yeah, and and let's take a minute to observe the fact that I've actually got six bets for the first time because I had some time to look at these things. Normally, I'm just I, well, no, I've got more than that. I've seven, like, seven, <laughs> yeah. Because normally, I'm just taking twenty dollars a go, and the first bets I find, I lay it on something because I'm rushing in here from golf lessons or whatever. So, so, so it was fun to look through these numbers. Um, I think the Grillo top rest of the world is a heck of a bet. He's been playing great of late year and um and he's a he's a real ball striker he's got a great iron game and and Innisbrook likes you to hit the irons to some very small targets over there um sam Ryder is a florida boy went to school down the road in stetson um mm-hmm. and and he can go a little bit i think that's a decent bet over chase seifert um keegan i'm also pretty high on i'll, I'll be honest with you I, right. I i caught him a little bit last week and and the insider knowledge is he's actually putting as well as he's ever put in his career so um I was like, okay, I'll, I'll have some of that with $10 to, to for a top 20. But the one that jumped out to me was, it's just a basic one and no one would ever notice. Um, Robbie Shelton is for real. He hasn't had the results that I think he should just yet. And uh, Scott Harrington was the favorite over him. And, and this sort of didn't make any sense to me, given you know my respect for Shelton's game. So I had to slide that one in there for, for $10. So yeah, I had, had some more fun getting to look through these things a bit more and really mull over them, you know. Those are the ones, Mark. The Robbie Shelton's over Scott Harrington's mm. are the ones where you make your money doing this because the books don't know a lot about these guys. They yeah. they they try to get you to bet Dustin Johnson versus Justin Thomas, all the big names. These are the ones that are kind of uh, where there is money to be made. I also like it when guys say uh, they're putting the best they ever have, and I go and I, I run and look at the stats. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's been pretty good. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you, you just, well, you've got the better stats where you can see what trends and stuff are and what they have been of late. But that is for real. I mean, when they're not going to lie about that sort of stuff. And then, yeah. and, and and you're right. Um, it's some of these lesser known players. And that was fun for me to just sit around for like 25, 30 minutes and just look through the stuff and ponder some of it. Because ordinarily, I'm racing through you and I, I pick the first names that sort of jump out at me. And there's not much, not much thought going into this. So hopefully this turns the tide for me. Keegan has gained strokes putting, if that's what we want to look at, in three of his last four. That does not include the Zurich, and that is something he has not done. Three out of four in, I'm still scrolling, uh, maybe four years. So yeah, he, he wasn't lying. Is that what you said? Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Um, okay. We've got one more card left. That must be Kyle's. And KP, you are giving us six different bets, and they are all either top 10s or top 20s. Let me take you through these a couple at a time. We'll start with your top 10s. Jason Kokrak and Corey Connors. Kokrak will get you three to one on your money. Corey Connors plus 175. Yeah, you know, Connors, both these guys have been awesome from from T to green over the last couple of months. And Kokrak's been pretty good on this course, which is a little surprising because this course uh, favors... 
if you look at the, the players that have thrived at Innisbrook, and if you look at some of the numbers off of uh, data golf, like their, their historical data, it's shorter, more accurate guys off the tee. And the guys that have been good here represent that it's Jim Furyk. It's Stricker. It's Luke Donald. It's Matt Kuchar. It's guys like that. And so it's a little surprising that I think somebody like Kokrak would, would have played well at Innisbrook, but he has. And, um, he's been he's been really solid, like kind of low key solid uh, over the last couple of months. Connors is is somebody who's more accurate off the tee, really accurate off the tee. Actually, I think he's in the top ten in driving accuracy so far this season. And I, yeah, I, I I think for him a top ten is pretty. And and you see the numbers there, like it's the same as somebody like Grio finishing in the top twenty. Like he's just at a different level than the rest of the, the guys on this card. By the way, I did have Terrell Hatton to win on here at 33 to one. I thought I saw that. Which I thought was just a, it seemed way too high. Like it seemed to me, he should have been more like 20, 25, something like that. But obviously he had to withdraw. Yeah. William Hill had a boost on it. They were actually given a really mm-hmm. great number on Hatton. I thought I saw that on your card, but he, he withdrew uh, a hair before we went live here. Uh, the, the top twenties, you mentioned Grillo. Uh, Chris Kirk, Doug Gim, and Abraham Answer all to finish in the top 20, ranging from plus 125 on Answer to plus 300 on Doug Gim. Yep. Gim is interesting. He's been he's been hitting it unbelievably and just putting terribly. If you look at the top, I don't know, 15 guys in this field that have, uh, like from T to green over the last couple of months, he's by far the worst putter. And he's not, I don't. <laughs> If you pull his numbers out even further, he's not, he's closer to a zero putter, but he's not nearly as bad as he's been. I mean, think about how well he played at the players for the first three rounds and then just falls apart on uh, in the final round there. So I just, I think there's a lot of value there to be had, uh, especially coming off what was a a pretty good week with Justin Suth at Zurich. Okay. We are now going to move on to our. One and oh, our one and done selections. Okay, let me pull up the standings. Let me make sure I have this all set up. I don't want to get anything wrong, Mark. I want to make sure we're all got okay. Oh, producer Jacob, thank you very much. He's got the standings on screen. So let's start where we normally do with coach down at the bottom. He's got 2.4 million. He continues this trend, Mark. He is going back to a past champion. This time it is Adam Hadwin. I thought that was Greg's guy. Greg, was it they, I swear, is getting paid by Adam Hadwin in some way. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to just explain it. He's he is. I think uh, Mark, we might have you on mute, Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm mute. I'm mute myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I I like Hadwin. Honestly, if I wasn't so high on Casey, Hadwin would have been on my shortlist. In fact, a couple of Canadians would be, and they're both ball strikers and uh, Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin. But I'm saving Corey for Congaree. That's that's going to be my little play on words over there. It was going to be Canada. Um, and oh. so so I think Hadwin, uh, he's the kind of guy that. You know, when he gets it going on, he can really play. And he's also played well here before. So uh, I think Hadwin is a, is a pretty choice selection around in his book. In his book. All right. Uh, Jacob, bop on here and give us your one and done pick. So producer Jacob is $400,000 clear of coach, but he is well behind Greg. And he has decided it is time to put the pedal down. He's got to make some cashola. And Jacob is going with 
We're going to go with Justin Thomas this week. I'm so far behind. uh, (laughs) And I think, you know, at this point, I'm just going to sacrifice starting to use some of the big guns, see if we can get them to clean up in one of these, one of these uh, more off weeks. Well, with how much you've you've, you've tried to rig this thing, how are you still in fifth place? (laughs) See, look, if anything, that's evidence that I haven't rigged it. Right, it's that's, uh, it's it's like that's logic. It's like that's good. I like casino. That. You know, you're you're either an idiot or you're in on it. I'm just an idiot. You know, <laughs> you know that Jacob abandoning so, all strategy and going with just he's so like, yeah, we're gonna go with my big names. Yeah, we're gonna go with chaos theory here, Justin Thomas, and you know, we'll we'll roll out whoever we need to, whoever, whichever, whichever eight to one favorite shows up at the John Deere. Like that's who I'm going to do. And if I'm, and if I'm playing Stu Sink at the tour championship, then that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I will say this. That uh, might be Justin a good play as a tour championship. We work out over there. Yeah. Cause he's going to start in like sixth place, especially with the starting strokes. Um, the, we, the Justin Thomas is the favorite and we have spent, uh, zero words on him, I think today. So I, like this, I do not like him this week. I, I it's Why? just, I, I'm worried about the driver. I mean, Greg's made this point a bunch. Like, and and Mark was just talking about how narrow it is, or, or you know how how tight it can get. He can get so crazy. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. It was like five years ago. He almost he almost killed somebody at the Valspar with a with a wayward tee shot or a, an approach shot or something. He just gets he gets he sprays it, and you can just get into so much trouble there. Uh, uh, can you get into trouble off the tee at Sawgrass? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, l- listen, it's a, it's a great point. It's a great rebuttal. I just, I'm just saying for this week, I don't like him. Okay. Um, next up, Greg is now in fourth place because Kyle passed him. So Greg's at 6 million and he is going to go with, let's see here, Mark. He is going to go with, oh, he's going to go with Corcon, Corey Connors. Well, again, uh, I was I was high on the two Canadians here in Tampa, um, and and a lot of them are fleet, flocking south for the good weather this time of the year. Yeah, uh, Cor- Corey Connors is he's turned the corner to me. You know, he was always just a guy who hit the ball pretty well, and would show up once in a while. But something has happened of late, and maybe it's a little, um, a, a, a little northerly direction with a putter. But it just looks like whenever he plays now, he is going to be a contender. And so to, to me, he's become the guy, and I'm sure my brother is so excited about this for the President's Cup coming up. Yeah. He, he could be a real stalwart over there because he's just so reliable, and, and it's, it's through the bag right now. And, and, and when that sort of stuff comes along and you play well and you're in contention a bunch, then um, comfortability comes along. And um, when you're comfortable being uncomfortable, that's a big, big deal at, at, the, at the elite level. And he looks comfortable now in contention where previously he didn't look like a fish out of water, but he just looked like this was a bit fun- funky for him. But now Corey Connors looks like he belongs. I think that I trust Connors. Like, I think he's in my top 10 list of guys that I trust. That doesn't mean he's a top 10 guy in the world, but I just, every time he plays, I'm like, that's a top 10. That's a top 10. That's a top 10. <laughs> What I love about him is he is very much on brand. When he struggles, it's the putter. That's it. It's never anything else. Like you, you know exactly what you're getting from him, and he's been great recently. I'd love to see him on that Presidents Cup team. That'd be fun. I'd like. That. Uh, if he's not on there, uh, that's gonna <laughs> gotcha. be a misstep by someone. <laughs> right now, holy cow! Uh, Greg again, six million. 
KP, you are at 6.4 and you have surpassed Greg thanks to a run of five events that has netted you a cool $2.9 million. So you are now trying to keep that momentum up here at the Valspar. All I'm trying to do is pick somebody that I haven't picked before. That, that's that's the win for me. <laughs> that's step one. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking Abraham Answer. I don't know if I've picked him. I actually didn't check. I don't think that I have. If you could control F that for me on your, on your computer. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. I love answer this week. Um, Six straight top 30s, all while being a negative putter over the last two months, which is you love to see it. You know, he's been he's been awesome from T to green, sixth best in the field from T to green over the last two months behind JT, Kokrak, Corey Connors, Charlie Hoffman and Grio. And yeah, I just I don't know that there's another spot that I would use him, so I, I'm going to try to try to steal one this week with with uh, Father Abraham. Father Abraham locked in for Kyle Porter for his pick. Uh, Mark Kyle is trying to catch you. He is now just about let's call it two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in your rear view mirror. You're at six point seven, and you, as we know, uh, are picking Paul Casey. You yeah. have been picking Paul Casey not since this fall, but probably from two falls ago. We, this was the most uh, obvious spot for you, and it makes complete sense. Yeah, there's only one more obvious selection, and that's Webb at Wyndham. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hanging on to that one too. That's coming up in the late summer before the playoffs. Um, yeah, but Casey, he sort of checks all the boxes for me around this place. Um, the iron game is always superb. Uh, he hits a really heavy ball off the tee with a driver. He's he's he's, he's long. Uh, he's not like blow your hair back long, but he's long off the tee. He's got some pop, but the ball just cuts through the wind. And you're going to have to do that around here. And then there's just certain tee shots. Like if you look at the place as a whole, it just seems really narrow, but there are spots that you can that you can take advantage. But I think if holes like one, um, then there's six, seven, um, ten, eleven, um, then sixteen is just nasty. Um, eighteen is narrow too, where you've got to hit drivers well, and um, you can do that stuff. And again, happy hunting ground. I'm I, I'm I'm quite high on this selection this week. All right. If he gets it done, if he hoists the trophy, we will be witnessing history. And that leaves me at the top. Eight million. I've done nothing. I've cooled off in the last three weeks. I've earned a total of 36,000. So the door is certainly opening. I'm going with Corey Connors. I have not used him yet. Greg will not be happy to hear that. And uh, all the things that we talked about, how much we like Corey Connors, I'm just clicking his name. So that is who I will take and try to get back on the right track. We are going to be tweeting out and posting on Instagram our cheat sheet, which includes our sleepers, our top tens, our picks to win, our best bets. So you can find that there, but we are going to quickly go through our sleepers right now, gentlemen. So I've got coaches who has gone with uh, Ian Poulter. Greg has gone with uh, Schwartzel at 100 to 1. I'm going with Peter Uline at 100 to 1. KP, your sleeper for the Valspar, please. Chris Kirk, 50 to 1. He's been awesome across the board over the last couple of months. Mark, please, your sleeper. Keegan Bradley. Um, I I just uh, I, I love the way he's playing right now. I'm I'm I think you know he's he's not he's not going to jump to the forefront of everyone's page, but Keegan Bradley, you need to keep an eye on. 
Keegan Bradley, fun fact, I'd have to look this up, but as of like two months ago, has like the highest rate of first round leaders where he leads after 18 holes of like, it's like him, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm, which is a, a strange set of names. I would have to go update that stat, but he's always cool. o- always plays well out of the gate. Well, there's <laughs> only two major winners in there. Well, then oh. I'm hoping he's leading off to round four. That's when they <laughs> give out the checks and stuff. That's good. right. That's when they give out the, the hardware. Uh, okay, gentlemen, anything else before we end this for this week's Valspar? Back in go Florida. Go Did you see the... Uh, <laughs> Did you see the uh, article by Ryan Lavner on Golf Channel of uh, who's been on PGA Tour Live the most this year? Mm-mm. Oh, wait, like which, which which player has been shown which on player? PGA Tour Live? Yeah, which uh, player has been featured on PGA Tour Live? Phil. Mm-mm. Ricky, um, two, two, two players tied at the top. Fowler and Spieth. Fowler and Rory. Wow. Yeah, twelve times. I think that was enough. I feel like Rory doesn't play that much. <laughs> I th- well, I think it's every time he, he's played. Yeah, but, but the, the, the reason why you'd be getting him a lot is over the weekends they have to stay out of the t- the network's broadcast right. window. So if Rory has made the cut but not playing very well, they're going to him right away. So that, that, that's that's why. And Ricky's the same thing. You know, you get a big John. name that's 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 sitting sitting in fortieth. Now you're getting him on live on Saturday morning. Both of those 12 times, John Rahm 11, Phil 10, Spieth 9, DJ 8. There you go. One day we'll see Akshay. every player all the time. Akshay Batia 2, CT Pan 2. Because yeah, it's, a, it's a good article. People should, go, uh, people should go check it out. Golfchannel.com. There you go. That will conclude our mega preview pod for this week's Valspar Championship. Let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. Let me thank Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. I almost blanked on it, KP, but I got it. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. I will catch you next time.